Hi, my name is Thais Gibson and I'm the owner and founder of the Personal Development School. This is your Daily Breakthrough video and today we're going to talk about 13 qualities of the female narcissistic personality. Um, so I'm doing a whole series on this right now because I've just, there's so many in, individuals who've been impacted by a narcissistic parent or parents or coworkers, bosses, authority figures, um, and romantic relationships, of course. And so I just wanted to dive into creating a whole series around this. Um, it's, it's, I've been getting so many requests and I just see this popping up everywhere. And so the series I'm creating right now is I'm going to go into core qualities of the female narcissist. Um, and then I'm going to go into core qualities of the narcissistic mother, father, how to recognize a narcissist early on in a relationship, and then a lot of reprogramming and repatterning exercises and tools that will be available to you um, just for how to heal from narcissistic abuse, if this is you. So we're going to be doing just today like a really educational video, not so much reprogramming and repatterning yet, but that will be a part of this series. I also have courses coming out that I will be doing on narcissistic abuse specifically, and it'll just be a little bit more in depth than you can get in this video, um, or these videos, this whole series. If you haven't had a chance already, please go check out the courses that we're launching. We are launching in just a few weeks. I'm so excited. I've been pouring my heart into this. And if you're getting a lot, a lot of value out of these videos, these courses are like a thousand times better. They come with deep reprogramming, repatterning exercises for any challenge or issue that you're facing. They come with workbooks, in, intense, in-depth content so you'll understand root causes, console communication tools, like literally everything that I could think of or focus on and, and put into a course. So I'm really excited to be sharing this stuff with you guys. So we're still launching or um, we still are making available early bird pricing right now. So again, go to www.personaldevelopmentschool.com if you want to reserve your seat. You can literally just put in your name, your information, which courses you want to reserve, and then we'll send you these coupons when we're, when we're um, in the week of launch. So without further ado, let's get into this. So how I'm going to actually structure this video too, by the way, is I'm going to give you the overall general traits of a narcissist that are in the DSM. And so this is like the criteria used basically to diagnose narcissistic personality disorder. I'm going to give these things to you guys, um, like just the, the actual information. And then I'm going to go into how a lot of the times um, female narcissists present some even more specific core qualities that you can recognize, especially in the early stages of a relationship. So that you can, you know, have a little bit more of specific traits or patterns that you can recognize in this individual's personality. And I'm going to give you a little bit of um, similarities as well, not just the differences between male and female narcissists. So in the DSM, um, you need to have at least five of these nine qualities that I will be listing in order to be diagnosed as a narcissist, okay? So this is according to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual um, um, that is out in, in the most recent year. So this is the 2019 or 2018, I believe. So, and DSM-5. So um, number one, the first quality is a grandiose sense of self-importance. So what this really means is you might, you know, see this person always putting themselves first. You might see them, you know, putting their needs ahead of others, assuming that, you know, that's the way it should be valuing and, and sort of 
caring about their own opinions and feelings way more than, than anybody else's. And just sort of having this air of like, I'm the best, I'm, I'm number one, and, and sort of tr and treating themselves that way and basically expecting that other people treat them that way also. Um, number two, uh, the narcissist tends to be preoccupied with these fantasies of unlimited success, power, beauty, brilliance, or love. So sometimes I'll see narcissists, and it's so interesting. They'll come in, and they'll they'll um, <coughs> they're often actually sent by their loved one, <coughs> um, and they come in for very specific reasons, like if they. Um, do something really terrible and they're trying to sort of like get back in the relationship um, if I mean sometimes they come in to work on themselves but honestly quite rarely um, and they will tend to oftentimes at least the ones that I see most often who are there to fix a relationship have this ideal set up of, of like oh you know I'm gonna have the best relationship ever when this is resolved and, and you know, nobody has the love that I have or nobody has the connection that myself and my wife have or nobody has the connection that myself and my girlfriend have or sort of these like, you know, very grandiose ideals about the best connection, the, the most love, nobody understands what it's like to love like this, or, you know, and this can be not just in the form of love, but again, in, in terms of success, like nobody understands what I've done to get to where I am, nobody could imagine, um, or brilliance, and often I'll see the brilliance sort of exemplified in like a um, if, if people only knew how smart I was or if people, you know, people aren't on my level, they can't even keep up with me. I'll, I'll hear things like this or power, you know, one day I'm going to be taking over this entire area or this, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of these like sort of fantasies of no limitation, perfection, next level, next, next level, unrelatable levels from, from myself to other people and so there's there's this aspect of it that's you know for somebody who's not educated about the narcissist it could be kind of like wow what a special person um oh wow you know they really believe in themselves or look at how amazing they are and, and narcissists tend to be quite successful the vast majority of the time so so um if this is the case then it's easy to sort of buy in as well to oh how wonderful this will be and the narcissist kind of you know, they have this captivating, this isn't one of the qualities in the DSM, but they have this captivating ability to like take you out of your body and, and out of your own feelings and sensations and intuition because they, their story or their narrative, they're, they're amazing storytellers a lot of the time and they can be so captivating and so charismatic that you kind of lose like your sense of what you're feeling from this experience or, you know, your intuition, if there's any doubt or any confusion, you tend to be like almost disconnected from that and yourself and all in their narrative because they're so captivating and almost hypnotizing. Um, and this is one of the core qualities that they use consciously or unconsciously to sort of reel people in a little bit um, because they can tell when somebody's being drawn in or even just through empathy when somebody's being pulled inwards and they, they tend to be able to sort of um, exploit that a little bit. So that brings me to the next um, point, third point in the DSM is that the narcissist believes that they are special or unique and a lot of the times this manifests them only wanting to be around like-minded or other high-powered, amazing people. And so there's this sort of disconnect from 
um, this belief that, you know, everybody's equal and people's feelings and needs are equal and should be treated that way. And we can have differences of opinions, but those are just disagreements based on beliefs and patterns and programming. And that's okay. Like there's this, I am up here and this is sort of this exclusive area and I should only be around these sorts of people. And they may not always only be around high status people or high powered people and, and try to do that, but they at least believe that that's who they are. Um, number four, this personality requires excessive admiration. And, you know, you'll, this is really hard to miss. And the narcissist, they are always looking for that supply. So they're looking for your empathy or your energy and supply in that way. But they're especially looking for, like, your attention, your validation, you saying how amazing they are, you giving to them what their needs are in terms of, like, oh, yes, you are amazing. Oh, yes, you are the best. Or, oh, you've been through so much. Or, oh, they're constantly seeking that validation. And, you know, I'll get into this in, in later parts of the series for really how to deal with this. If, if this is a family member, a friend, a loved one, a partner, a husband, a wife, a child, you know, I'll get into a lot of this. But this is really like a, a child and, you know, not a child intellectually, but a child emotionally trapped in an adult's body who's intellectualized and who's progressed in terms of their intellectual intelligence, but emotionally they're caught in this very um, self-absorbed child, emotionally immature space because there's some kind of major wound or brokenness that occurred along the way. And it's really important as you do work around the narcissist to learn how to forgive yourself and to forgive this person for any abuse that has been caused. But I will express with the utmost importance that forgiveness does not mean bringing this person back into your life. Forgiveness does not mean letting down boundaries, um, letting this person back in. You know, this person, unless they are doing a tremendous amount of work and healing, which honestly, you know, takes place over a period of time for this type of personality, and, and the, the, they rarely tend to want to do work in healing again because if you think you're perfect, and which a lot of them truly believe, at least at a, at a semi-conscious level, you don't think that you have any work to do. So it's, it's quite rare that the narcissist takes action to heal. I have seen it when they do come in, and I have helped narcissists actually literally heal um, and become wonderful and, and empathetic people. But it's rare. And it's rare that they go, anyways, I'm kind of getting off track. It's rare that they go to therapy in the first place, unless there's been some kind of major catalytic response that's created this. So, um, you know, you want to be really clear that when you look at this person through that lens of, okay, you know what, they're just a wounded person and hurt people do hurtful things, you know, instead of looking at that and then going, oh, so I feel badly for them and I empathize with them and now I let them back into my life to know that part of forgiveness is to recognize and understand you know, why people do what they do and why they can be so hurtful and, and to learn to let it go and, and come from that space of compassion, but not using that space of compassion to then turn around and allow yourself to be further abused by this person or to put their needs ahead of yours in some way. And there's a major, major line that has to be drawn there. So the next piece, number five, the narcissist is very entitled. So they believe that they are first. They believe that their needs are first. They believe that you owe them. If they give to you, you now owe them 10 times as much, or they're always keeping track of anything they give. And, and honestly, quite often using that as a subconscious strategy to later get something from you. 
um, especially approval or validation or appreciation. You know, you can never appreciate enough. Um, and number six, the narcissist tends to be quite exploitive of others. Um, so they'll exploit others. And this can be in a number of different ways. This can be emotionally, like, you know, taking a ton of emotional energy and supply and, and not thinking about, you know, the impact that that has, obviously, on another person. This can be um, resources, um, power, money. This can be all sorts of different things, but they tend to be in it for what they can get from others. And they're always keeping this, like, very strong tally of, you know, am I getting what I deserve here? And if they don't, they punish. And that punishment can be yelling or diminishing or all kinds of different things like that. Number seven, um, they lack empathy. Now, this is a really interesting one because sometimes the narcissist will empathize as a strategy to reel you back in. And so they can appear to be quite empathetic. Sometimes the narcissist as well, if it's their child, they tend to empathize um, sometimes quite well because they love the child like an extension of themselves. So if, you know, they, they just love differently. In a romantic relationship, it's very rare that they empathize. Very, very, very rare. Um, so lack empathy doesn't mean they never empathize ever. And this is where I see a lot of people get hung up and sometimes even justify that their partner's not a narcissist when it's quite clear in many other areas that they are. Um, they don't always lack empathy. They, you know, lack means it's not impossible or they're incapable. It means that they very rarely take part in empathizing. And it's interesting, too, because narcissists can be quite like emotionally available in certain ways sometimes. And this can be where people get tricky or get tricked or reeled in. And, and, um, and sometimes it's just this big act, honestly. Sometimes they have a great capacity to just put on emotions and present that facade. And, and you know, if it's a strategy to get something from you, you know, if it's more supply or whatever else it might be, resources, whatever it might be, they might empathize with you, again, as a strategy to then take something later. So um, another quality, number eight, is that they tend to be very envious of others or they believe that everybody's envious of them. And it can go both or it can go one or the other a lot of the time. Um, sometimes I'll see narcissists say like, oh, you know, everybody's just jealous of me. And, you know, I can't understand that because I wouldn't be jealous of others. And, and things like that where they um, can be a little bit one-sided on that point. Number nine, and so this is the last major criteria in the DSM. And again, these things tend to be pervasive. You need five of these nine, but these things tend to be pervasive. So they don't tend to be like a little bit. You know, sometimes an individual is going to have a moment of a fantasy about success or love, right? Sometimes a person's going to feel like they're having a moment they, where they needed validation or admiration. Those things are not pervasive. Those are human moments and those are needs. It's when this is pervasive, like it's all over, it's nonstop, it's excessive. Um, and it's when you're getting at least five of these. That's when you're looking at somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. So number nine is that they tend to be quite arrogant in their attitudes or behavior. So they'll tend to sort of, you know, I'm the best and, and always sort of, you know, a lot of times you'll see them be very condescending, um, look down on other people, say negative things about other people. Um, and, and they show up and they can be quite hurtful and, and dismissive of other people and, and other people's needs a lot of the time, kind of, um, you know, aloof towards people's needs and empathizing and caring if, um, they're not in in a relationship or dynamic to get something from somebody. So 
Those are nine of the qualities from the DSM. Now, females, when we talk about female narcissists, um, they tend to be quite a bit more covert. So this isn't always the case, but just because when we look at society, think of how you're patterned or conditioned, historically at least, right? The man should be successful and powerful and strong. And so, you know, that's the male narcissist. If he knows that those are the messages that he's getting for what makes him special or good or you know, um, empowered in, in a male role, then obviously he's going to be seeking out those things a lot of the time. The female, you know, what are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be good and good enough and beautiful and, um, you know, sometimes even like a good caretaker, provider, you know, this kind of um, female. So, so a lot of times female narcissists tend to be a little bit more covert and even tend to have like certain qualities that seem um, as if they can be a little bit empathetic. So we're going to go into some of those. I'm just going to give you some really general qualities first that, that both um, female and male narcissists will, will share. So that, that aren't listed in the DSM, like obviously they tend to be quite manipulative. Obviously they tend to require a lot of that narcissistic supply, um, which sort of touches on some other points. Um, they tend to be very charismatic, both males and females. Um, they tend to be... Um, um, like very good at gaslighting like they can you know tell you one thing and or you'll have one experience and they'll tell you that it's something else and they'll sort of twist you and spin you around and make you doubt your own feelings and opinions they tend to love bomb right away right in the beginning of a relationship as a strategy um, they tend to be very focused on achievements um, you know what they can do who they can become is sort of seeking out that power obviously very status driven as well power status driven um, um, tend to blame a lot and in the in the female narcissist they tend to get a lot of their supply through playing the victim role so the female narcissist um, in a dating situation tends to put a lot of emphasis around sexuality so and not always but more and more often than not they tend to be very sexual in the beginning stages of a relationship you know they tend to just like the male narcissist wants to have you know bring you out of your body and into that fantasy of their brilliance and their power and their masculinity and, and the love bombing and how great and amazing they are you know the female narcissist plays into the same societal condition programs that a lot of us have gotten so you know for women you know your it's your body or it's um how you look and it's you know it's all these sorts of things and so a lot of female narcissists tend to be highly sexual at the beginning of a relationship and and sort of play into that fantasy sexually of of um of what the man wants right in the relationship they tend to really do a good job of making the man feel like the man so you know again like feeding into the man's ego as this strategy to sort of get him hooked and keep him there and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, you know, there's that, they can feel that there's sort of that hook and addiction that happens. And now that's when the sort of narcissistic mask for the female can start to fall off. Um, females, narcissistic females tend to more than make money, though this isn't always the case. Um, they tend to more so hook somebody in a relationship and then want to spend the money. Um, and they want to flaunt all the materials and hoard all the materials and the goods and the outfits and the handbags and the jewelry. And, and again, it's because this person 
deep down feel so empty for who they are that these are ways subconsciously of trying to bring in and and fill the hole or that void of what they're feeling inside of them which is really just a deep deep sense of feeling not good enough and unworthy and um and so again that's that's you know if i can grab and hoard all these materials that maybe i can prove my worth so a lot of female narcissists tend to be like hyper focused on their appearance hyper focused on um marrying wealthy um and then spending a lot of money to sort of fill that void and and they tend to have spending issues a lot of the time not always but quite often um the female narcissist tends to believe that she's much greater than others much better in some way um and will often show this by being extremely gossipy by putting other people down by making jabs towards other individuals by talking terribly about other people. And this can even be in the family. This can be people close to her. Um, and again, a lot of times it's either for the, the strategy of, you know, making myself feel better because I'm putting everybody else down. And obviously, you know, that's uh, that I feel like I'm higher than or better than or greater than. But also this can be a strategy to turn people against each other to feel like there's sort of this control or power dynamic or more often, I would say most often that the female narcissist derives like I was mentioning earlier a lot of her narcissistic supply through playing the victim if it's all oh, for me look at me look at everything I'm going through look at this this painful story of, of my life and look at all the things I'm suffering with or from well what happens people go oh my goodness poor you that's so awful and especially because you know in the female dynamic or the female role again not always the case but historically that that women you know might be saved or empathized with or seen as a damsel in distress and people come and they give their resources their, their energy their time they try to fix or help or save her and those are all great strategies for this individual to derive their supply the last couple of major points here that i'm going to add are that a lot of times the female narcissist is always doing the one-up so let's say that you say you know um oh my goodness i had such a hard day and, and you want to share your feelings or express your feelings, the female narcissist might go, oh, you, do you want to know about a hard day? Do you want to hear about my day? And, and they're always in this sort of like unconscious competition. And so a lot of times anybody interacting with, it, with a female narcissist will feel like, geez, I can't get my feelings hurt or expressed because it's always going back to how terrible this person's, you know, her stuff is. And this can manifest itself in, in a different form too. This can be, um, oh, my, my, I got this new handbag today and do you want to see it? It's super, you know, I'm really excited about it. And the female nurses will go, Oh yeah, I have a few of those or things that are again, like always trying to prove that one up. Um, I, I will get into in a separate video again, like the narcissistic parent and how this can sort of manifest itself a little bit differently. Um, a narcissistic parent tends to be a little more critical of their kids in certain ways. Um, there's usually the golden child and, and we'll go into that in a separate video, but cause it's too much too long for just this one video itself. But, um, another couple points here, the female narcissist tends to unconsciously seek out drama all the time. Again, if there's this massive void deep down of your self worth of who you are, this sort of unconscious identity crisis that you're living in and you're, you've got this sort of lower emotional quotient and you're not able to move through your emotions and quite understand and process them you're doing anything you can to fill the void and that can be through some kind of addiction it can be through 
hoarding resources, money, attention, um, you know, power, trying to, you know, feel like you are special by association and, and um, interacting with certain people. This can be through dra creating drama, like, you know, making jobs. It can be through bullying other people, antagonizing other people, being condescending. Like, all of these things are, are really attempts to fill a massive void and a big wound that a, that a human being is experiencing. And lastly, you will see a lot of the time that the female narcissist will not be capable of validating an individual's feelings. So if you say, I'm hurt, I'm sad, right away it's back on them. Like, oh, why would you tell me that today when I'm going through, when I'm already having a hard day? Or um, I'm hurt, I'm sad, will you listen to me speak or something like that? And, and, you know, geez, I have enough on my plate as it is right now. Or or you don't even know what hurt and sadness are, or it's always sort of, it's being brought back to them almost all the time, so consistently. And again, a lot of the times you'll see that accompanied with some kind of bullying or passive aggressive comments or just diminishment. And, and that may not just be of you and your character, but also of your feelings. There's a lot of invalidation of an individual's feelings. So these are some traits of the female narcissist. A lot of those qualities, especially some of the more covert ones that you might see that appear in the female. Um, again, I'm, I'm because of so many requests, because of so many comments, um, I'm going to be doing a whole series about this, how to heal from some of these things, um, how to reprogram painful patterns that come from being in a relationship with a narcissist, depending on what kind of relationship that is, romantic partner, child of narcissist, etc. Um, if you're getting a lot of the about a lot of value to these videos, please like them, share them, subscribe to my channel, and um, please visit the Personal Development School website to reserve any courses, early bird pricing, any stuff that's amazing, that, that can work um, for you, and um, the content's really amazing, and I think it's really going to help a lot of people, so um, yeah, thank you so much for watching.